This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, uh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. On these Thursdays, we talk with the voice of the Golden Gophers, uh, Mike Grimm and Grimmer, it's kind of the off-season, but there's always a little news going on and some good news in terms of the Gopher football team and some guys who were injured last year, rehabbing injuries, and seem to be on the mend with Chris Ottman-Bell, of course, and uh, Spanford as well, uh, Brevin Spanford, uh, you know, working out and trying to get ready for the season, getting a little healthier. Yeah, no doubt. And Cody Lindenberg, who I think will be maybe their, you know, well, he will be if he's healthy, their leading tackler probably. Uh, he was banged up and missed some of spring as well. So those are three important pieces. Um, you know, they right now, like we talked about with basketball last year, kind of going through the, or last week, I should say, going through the, you know, the summer workout period. So uh, they get limited time with coaches. They do get some time where they're, where they're organized. And the rest, they – um, will practice on their own. And I, I thought it was interesting yesterday. I was at the, 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 they made 16 players available for their media day. They called it the internal media day. It's really, they're, um, they're going through and doing a lot of their own media work where they're uh, videoing guys, um, to do scoreboard announcements and, uh, headshots and pronunciations and, you know, all that stuff. So they, um, they allowed us to come out there and do some interviews. So it was, it was a nice, uh, productive day and means football's coming I, yeah i was uh thinking uh seven weeks from tonight nebraska minnesota wow. so it's getting there it's less than two months now and um and anyway uh, altman bell um has not been cleared for full contact but he is taking part in in individual workouts and some team stuff mm-hmm. and um and and that's a good sign you know usually it used to be those um acls were uh, at least a year, and yep. if that were the case, he would be ready for game three. But I, I really think, from the sounds of it, just talking with people yesterday, he will, he'll be okay for that opener. And and it is, it is now with modern medicine and the way things have advanced, it is now for most people less than a year uh, to get back from that injury. Uh, Brevin Van Ford had a little shoulder surgery cleanup, and um, I'm not sure what Lindenberg's injury was that forced him out, but but um, he was he's full going, ready to go. So. It's that time of year. Big Ten Football Media Day comes up in a couple of weeks in Indianapolis, and I always kind of use that as my guide. To, okay, summer's done. Now we uh, right. now we got to get back to um, you know some you know the busy time really starts picking up again, and so that'll be July twenty sixth and seventh. That's the media days, July twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Yeah, that's in Indianapolis. That's the Big Ten Football Media Day that that um, I've joined you actually from there yep. um, in the last couple of years, and it's on a Thursday for Minnesota this week, so that should uh, hopefully be doable again. Yeah, that's right. Hope so too. Uh, so, uh, when does camp actually begin then? August first. Okay. So right uh, right at the start, and I don't know what day of the week that is. Quite honestly, I don't have the calendar right in front of me, but um, it will start August first, and mm-hmm. then. Um, you know, they space those practices out, and then August 31st will be game one. And that should be an interesting one because, uh, you know, Matt Rule is the new head coach at Nebraska. Um, it's not often Minnesota starts with a with a conference game, although they did this two years ago with Ohio State coming to town. He gave the Buckeyes all they wanted before Ibrahim got hurt. And then if you remember C.J. Stroud making his first college start that night at Huntington Bank Stadium, um, uh, went nuts in the fourth quarter, and that game got a little out of hand. But uh, 
Minnesota led that game in the third quarter, and um, and that was an Ohio State team that made the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I think they did not make the playoffs. I think they um, uh, Michigan made the playoffs. With last year, both teams made the playoffs. But anyway, neither here nor there. It's going to be, I think, a fun opener, and um, I'm in, I'm eager to see how this team um, fills some of the holes. Uh, yeah, and just talking with people yesterday, people feel good about those guys filling holes of people that were big-time contributors. And, uh, you know, I think there's some candidates that could be considered breakout players, you know, this year where they're going to finally get their opportunity. That's terrific, and you have to have that each year because of the nature of the beast and college players uh, leave the program after a certain amount of time. And these days they leave more frequently sometimes for other schools. It's not just graduation or not. We're not that far removed from you really only had to worry about guys graduating. Now you have to re- worry about every class who's going to be back with us next year. I would think that's raised the stress level some for coaches. There's no doubt. And and also the calendar continues to, to um, add stuff. Um, the coaches, by the way, this week are, um, are, are not uh, in town. This is one of the few times. Uh, in fact, it's a kind of a twofold story. And I, I don't know. Some of it's a little bit of hearsay. So, take it for what it's worth i mean we're good for rumors right why not um but that the, you know the pat fitzgerald thing which is just crazy in yeah. northwestern I, you know I, I, nobody uh, had that on their uh on their uh predictions of things that would happen no um uh, you know i mean he was one in 11 and that might have led to if he wasn't very good this year to them having to make the tough decision of letting go you know the greatest player in program history uh, Minnesota women's basketball, in a, in a way, had to do a similar thing, right? Um, but to have it uh, in this way for Fitzgerald, but um, I think he was, uh, it sounded like he was in the middle of vacation when this all was going down because this is a, it's about a two and a half week stretch where we're recruiting. There's no camps, there's no nothing. Uh, the NCAA has the dead period right now, so you can't even contact recruits or reach out to them. And so every coach, apparently in the country, assistant coach and, and, uh, and, and the like, are on vacation here. Um, the entire coaching staff was was gone yesterday, which is part of why they put the guys through that internal media day because they, they um, you know, the coaches wouldn't be around and they could uh, have something get done. Um, I think, in fact, one of the Gopher assistant coaches even has a, is getting married and has a has a wedding this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just one of those few times that you can actually, you know, obviously Saturdays in the fall are off limits. If you're a coach, you're not going to get married on that day. And so anyway, it's one of those uh, the, the, the times, the, uh, few times in the calendar. And back to your question, no question, it's it's more stressful. I think, I really think, I don't think we'll see a lot of changes in terms of it slowing down. I don't, I think that toothpaste is out of the tube. It's not going to get put back in there. I do think this is going to cause coaches to not coach as long. I don't, you know, the days of Hayden Fry and Bear Bryant and, 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 you know, coaches, you know, Joe Paterno coaching when they're 70, 75 years old. I just don't see it. I really don't. I mean, it'll be a, a select few, um, you know, and I, I would think guys are just, it's just, it's just too much. You just, or if, if you do it, uh, coach when you're 70, you might've retired once when you're 58 right? <laughs> and then, um, you know, refreshed and recharge those batteries. And now, Hey, I'm going to come back out of retirement. And I was a big enough name that someone's going to take a risk and hire a 66 year old or something like that. But, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a lot. 
Look, we're and and I'm not trying to feel sorry for him. I mean, PJ Flex making six million dollars a year, and yeah. Nick Saban's making eleven, I think. You know, I mean, they're they're getting paid a lot, so it, it you know, but money is not everything, uh, and and time is valuable, and they don't have a lot of free time, and um, so yeah, it's um, it's quite a rat race for those guys. Well, it's got to be hard on Northwestern to fire their coach at this time of the year. I, I would assume that. It's just going to be a, like the defensive coordinator or somebody will take over. I mean, it's kind of late in the year to find a head coach. It is. Um, and they did. They named an interim coach who, in fact, you're right, it was the defensive coordinator. Okay. And I don't have the name in front of me. The guy that was the defensive coordinator at North Dakota State just, I think, two years ago. So he is now going to be the interim coach for 2023 at Northwestern. Northwestern was really in a tough bind, too. Once they decided to fire Pat Fitzgerald, um, and and at this time of the year, it's hard to, you know, I, I don't I don't want to say that they didn't stand by the principal because they certainly did. They, they go with the most popular player and in, in uh, you know the best player in the history of the program, a college Hall of Famer and an All American, led them to a Rose Bowl that nobody thought ever Northwestern was going to go to a Rose Bowl. And they you know ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven that stretch in there they they went to a couple of big bowl games, including the Rose Bowl when he was the player. But the, you know, so they 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 fire him, uh, and they say it's because he created this this culture of hazing and all this stuff, and he knew about it. And my theory or my thought was, if if it were a different time of year, um, because certainly the assistant coaching staff had to know about some of this stuff if yeah. they think the head coach knew about it. So how is it that okay, we're going to fire the head coach, but all these assistants who also knew and are probably less important to the program, we're going to keep them all on board. But they announced that they were. All the assistants are staying on board. And my thinking is that the reason is we're sitting here, you know, less than three weeks from the start of fall camp. There's no way they can gas all those coaches because they might as well cancel the season then at that point because you just wouldn't – you'd have to have all interim coaches. And so they had to say – you know, they all knew it, and the head coach was ultimately responsible. So he's gone. The rest of them are staying, at least for this fall. And certainly they all now are going to be on a quick look for jobs because they are likely not going to be back at Northwestern for 2024 when they hire a new a new permanent coach. You know, unless they go 10-1 and one or something this year and they all stay, you know. But it's um, there, there's potential there, I think, Todd, that this will set that program back by, um, you know, they were already had a rough year last year, and I don't think they were going to be much better this year. Um, this could set them back. They've already had two of their recruits decommit. Wisconsin went in and got one. I read somebody on Twitter yesterday said that, that um, it wouldn't be a full-out raid because the, they have ten commitments, and eight of them uh, might not be good enough to play Power 5 football. Now, that was uh, a little bit of a harsh reality, but yeah. – um, so anyway, they they have hit uh, a bit of a rough mark, and um, don't even get me started on the hazing part of it. I don't understand it. I've never understood hazing. I don't know how people consider that a, a team building activity. Yeah, um, teasing okay, and a little initiation fine, but some of the stuff that was described in what this team was doing was um, that was a little uncomfortable to read. Yeah, and it probably does read worse than what it really was. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes. And and look, I, I'm not trying to downplay anything, but anyone who's been around or in or part of a team with a locker room, there there's some stupid stuff that goes on, right? Yeah. Everyone will have some sort of a weird story about, you know, whether it's even smacking guys with with towels or whatever, right? Now that's not going to get a coach fired, but you know, the locker room is one of those places that stupid stuff happens. Yeah. 
Um, but I would guess when all these coaches get back around the country from their vacations, they're going to have a staff meeting maybe the first day they're all back together and say, listen, we got to take inventory of of what kind of rituals and traditions we have because, um, and if there's anything along these lines, we got to stop it, quit, because this is, um, stuff looks bad when it's written, when it's written and spoken. And this stuff looked particularly weird and bad, and I, I don't understand it, but it is it happened apparently and um, cost their popular head coach's job. David Braun, as the uh, uh, new interim head coach, uh, was the defense coordinator yeah. there at Northwestern last year. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's exactly uh, who it was. And he was at North Dakota State right prior yep, to that. Yep, yep. Uh, so, you know, a pretty good non conference schedule and a really wicked conference schedule since Ohio State and Northwestern are, are on the docket again, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, other tough teams, Michigan State. Uh, things like that, North Carolina, uh, pretty rugged schedule this year for the Gophers. I think in my time, this is the toughest schedule the Gophers have had. I really do. Um, at North Carolina in the non-conference, might be the hardest, second hardest non-conference game in my time here at, at TCU. TCU was ranked, I forget, 15th or something when the Gophers went down there. And then, um, and then when, that when TCU came back up the next year, they were ranked second to start the year. That was the season opener. Um, so you got North Carolina on the road, and and even some of those other non-conference games are sneaky. Louisiana, um, they they have been good. They have upset teams. They were beat Iowa State in Ames a couple of years ago. I mean, that's the homecoming game for Minnesota. Now Minnesota will be favored. They should win it. But even that's a little bit of a sneaky. That's kind of like a Fresno State type game, right? Where mm-hmm. if you know they can sneak up and get a Power Five team every now and then. Um, and then the conference, like you said, Ohio State and Michigan, both on the schedule. They were neither on the schedule last year, which, not to harken back to that, but it, um, you know, to me, the biggest disappointment of last year. And it's hard to be disappointed at, at a Minnesota football team that won nine games because yeah. it just doesn't happen that often. But is that they did not take advantage of the opportunity that was clearly there. They were in the driver's seat. They had the favorable schedule. Um, they were out in front of the lead when you know they come off that win at Michigan State, and and the, you know Purdue ends up backing their way in. They were out of it with three weeks left, and then Illinois got upset, and then with, uh, Iowa lost to Nebraska, and Minnesota beat Wisconsin. All this stuff happened, and this team, this Purdue team, who also had a beneficial schedule, they also did not play Michigan or Ohio State. They kind of back into the into the Big Ten West. Well, this year it's the opposite. Purdue and Minnesota have the two toughest schedules. They both play Michigan and Ohio State. Minnesota also plays Michigan State. We don't know how good they'll be. And Minnesota also is at North Carolina. Well, Purdue has Michigan and Ohio State. They also, in the non-conference, go to Virginia Tech. They host Fresno, which is no picnic, and they host Syracuse. uh, They have two power fives and a really good group of five. Um, with a new coach and a new quarterback, and that could be that could be uh, racking up wins in West Lafayette could be hard for that Purdue team. So it's a total difference this year from last year. Meanwhile, Iowa plays neither Ohio State or Michigan, uh-huh. and um, and and their crossover games include Rutgers, I want to say Indiana, and maybe it's Michigan State and Penn State. So Penn State will be a hard one. They play there. Iowa let their Iowa's toughest game by far. They play there on a whiteout like like Minnesota did last year. But um, think about that. You have uh, a, a team, two two teams that have competed now for the Big Ten West last year uh, that play both Ohio State and Michigan. 
and a team that probably should have won the West last year had it just beaten Nebraska the last year plays neither of those. That, that's really a two-game swing. That's hard. That, that's yeah. a gap that a te- teams like Purdue and Minnesota, it's going to be hard to pick up. I mean, Iowa's going to have to blow a couple of games. Uh, Wisconsin has a favorable schedule, not as favorable as Iowa, but that's a factor. Those those crossover games, that's one of the one of the pitfalls of divisional play. Is is it, some of it is not whether you're better or worse or whatever. I think some experts, if you really had to rank teams, Purdue won that division last year. Um, I think if you really had to rank it, there'd be football people with good football minds. It wouldn't be a consensus, but many might think that Purdue team was the third best team in the division, maybe fourth. And yet they won it because they didn't play either Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah, which uh, certainly makes a difference. Now, that's going to kind of change once they add uh, the California schools in, isn't it? I mean, they're going away from divisions, aren't they? Well, we talked about that a few weeks ago. No divisions. Yep. And certainly not a round robin, right? There's there's yep. 16 teams. You're only going to play nine of them. It means you're barely playing half the teams in the conference. And then they're basically just going by conference record. There's going to be a bunch of weird tiebreakers probably over the course of it. And we'll see how long that goes because we had a nice long discussion um, a few weeks ago on this. Is yep. that I, I don't think this will be a 16-team league that long. I really don't. I yep. think that situation will be a few years, five or less, if, if, if I had to hold a gun to my head. Yep. And then they're going to add more, and, and then you'll be forced to go into divisions, kind of an NFL-style situation, whether they go to 18 or 20 or who knows, 24. I don't know. Um, whatever, what, we know this. Whatever, um, whatever they determine formula-wise will, will net the most money is what they'll do. Six-team probably is not uh, maximizing potential. 30 is probably too many. So, somewhere in between, likely, yeah. Somewhere in between at some point. Yeah. But you're right. This will be the last year for divisions. The other thing I looked up yesterday is the winner of the West. Um, obviously, we'll play the winner of the East in the Big Ten Championship game again. And there have been a couple of years where the winner of the West has lost the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, the winner of the East has won it and gone to the playoffs. And then the loser of that Big Ten championship game goes to the Rose Bowl. Wisconsin did that in 2019. Um, trying to think who else. I think Iowa did that in 2015. Um, that won't be the case this year. The, the Rose Bowl is a playoff game. So if a Big uh-huh. Ten team this year in the final year of division, because I've heard people say this will be Minnesota's last best chance to maybe go to the Rose Bowl because they, they could, you know, the divisions go away. And I think there's a theory that without divisions, it'll even be harder for Minnesota. But that's really not the case this year. Minnesota, if it wants to play in the Rose Bowl, is going to have to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, that, that's a that's a tall task. Yes, obviously. it is. That's a, it's a semifinal game. But wouldn't that be uh, you know the luck of the Gophers who've been waiting seven yep. sixty years to play in the Rose Bowl? You finally win the you know the Big Ten. Although if you win win the Big Ten, you're probably in the playoffs. But let's say you're you tie or you win the West and lose out in Indy, and oh we've won the you know you're going to get to one of these big bowl games, and most of the years would be the Rose Bowl, but Oh yeah, that's a semifinal game this year. So go play at you know this sterile stadium in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl against yeah. you know Georgia Tech or something. But yeah. you know it, it, that would be cool too. I'm not going to turn it down. Yeah, Todd, for sure. That's right, uh, Grimmer. Thanks so much as always for joining us here on the podcast. Looking forward to the season, not far off. Yeah, no doubt. Sounds good. Enjoyed it as always. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.